Oh, that's right. You recently celebrated your 80th. I didn't get to congratulate oh, you. Shut how up. does now how many of your teeth are real at this point? You're such an ass. Welcome back to another episode of the Refactored Podcast, where it's our goal here to suck a little less every day. My name is Chris Tonkinson. And my name is Frank Cole. And this is episode number 39, recorded September 14th, 2021. You are uncharacteristically late this morning. Everything okay? Yeah. Sorry for that. I'm I'm trying to stay one step to the left of a severity level event with, uh, with, a, with a product. And um, uh, I think, you know, it's funny. I think it's a database issue. I found uh, <laughs> I found oh, a man. query that is clearly a query that is clearly generated by entity framework that is like 1500 lines long. And mm-hmm. oh, geez, it could be a lot longer if things weren't like on the uh, same line together. Entity and, framework. Um, and I just I'm I'm digging into it uh, and it's uh, it's rough. But <laughs> so you're so you're you, it's a sev one outage due to a performance issue. That's what that's no, no, what no, no. Is. I'm 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 trying to stay to the left of that. Um, it's the it's outage a, is occurring or or what do you No, Not an outage, not okay. an outage. performance degradation. OK, not an outage. So okay. I'm, I'm trying to stay to the left of a sev like like to avoid. Oh, oh, oh I, I get um, what you're saying now, like prevent it from yeah. reaching a, a sev level right. event. I get it. Right. I, get, I got you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, that's kind of funny. Also, entity framework is total ass. So there's also that. No, I don't. I don't agree with that. I think. I no, think you like entity framework. Yeah. It's an ORM. It's yeah. an ORM. I don't think it sucks more or less than any of the others. Any of the like, other they all ORMs? suck and they're all great. Like, what do you want? <laughs> uh, in this case, though, in this case, though, like there are at least. 37 joins and a few unions and some weird orders. And there's like, there's some, there's some hinky stuff it's doing that I haven't uh, quite figured out yet. My, my experience. Okay. So let me, let me couch my, my, my offhanded, cynical, typical salty bastard approach to everything with um, my experience with entity framework is that it, uh, if it doesn't encourage, it doesn't outright uh, inhibit very, like you just described, very long, vainglorious garbage queries. It, it, it facilitates that in a way that I have found other ORMs do not. It It is hard. Why? I I don't know I don't know why I just know that it, it it does it's just easy I find I I always thought it was easy to write um extra complex stuff in entity framework or at least the the resulting query well, we would may, be hi, highly complicated. Well, hang on there because we we might just have to fight about this because Uh-oh. I disagree fundamentally. Oh boy! Yeah. Okay. Give me a bell. Because fundamentally, entity framework is solving the same query that like let's say uh rails active record that it is yes it's, it's the same doing problem. the same stuff yes. mm-hmm. in totally computationally the same way 
So mm-hmm. like where where are you getting this entity it, framework is somehow a step worse than the others. Well, it's not it could <clears throat> excuse me. Conceptually it it is. It's I'm I'm not saying it's it's um you know conceptually it is an ORM and it in that sense is no different than other entity frameworks. Um I, I'd be hard pressed on the spot to come up with a, a, an explicit example, but my point is that the uh, the use of entity framework, I, having fully admitting here that I am not the strongest C sharp guy, but I've dealt with a whole bunch of it and you know know enough to be dangerous. That it is, uh, it is easy for it to get complicated in a hurry, whereas. The, but again, but again, from like, let's let's be a little more uh, rigorous and academic with our language here. OK, why is entity framework different than like hibernate or active record or any of the others? Like, what have you seen that prom- you're saying it, it promotes or it doesn't inhibit and things get worse faster? Like, is that just like why? Wh- where are you getting that from? Just like, is that just an experiential thing? Like you've like. It might just be experiential. Maybe it's a, maybe it's just I'm looking at a lot of crappy C sharp code, but it's been it's been my experience that the um, that the implementation of it you know gets very <clears throat> excuse me I'm really fighting off uh, allergies this morning gets really gnarly in a in a hurry not not in terms of you know defining database tables because you know you use one you've used them all you know it's okay set this set this variable and, or set this method. And now it's a, and now it's a field and you know, whatever that's, that, that's not it. But, uh, connecting, you know, using, using the, the framework to actually build queries. They just, I, I'd have to, I'd, I'll, I'll go through some code. I'll find a, I'll find a gnarly example. I'll, you know, probably not during the show here, but, uh, well, but again, like it seems to me that what you're, what you're actually pointing to is nothing about entity framework itself. Like if I'm, if I'm going out on yeah, maybe this here, is more of a language, what issue it sounds like you're saying, issue. no, what it, what it sounds like, I don't think it's not the language either. I mean, a Turing complete language is Turing complete. There's no, like, there's no shades of gray there. I think that what you're probably the proxy you're complaining about is that in your experience, you have seen more companies, which include either poor or junior developers also overlap with the companies that have generally used entity framework. And so maybe you see crappier code with entity framework because they're either junior or bad developers who you have experience using it more often because like, I'm, I'm just going to like, I don't want to be a hard ass about it, but I'm rejecting your premise at the moment because I'm not aware of anything that fundamentally, like in terms of the either the theory or the algorithmic implementation of entity framework is materially deficient or less than no other no 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 ORMs. and I'm not I'm you're you are absolutely right you know I am not making a I am not making an indictment of the underpinning technology you know mm-hmm. an ORM is an ORM is an ORM you know and the programming language is the programming language what I am I I, I mean maybe it's an indictment of the user base, but that also that that would be way too broad sweeping. That wasn't my original intent. It was more a focus in on, you know, the stuff that I have seen just being really messy and, 
maybe it's again, maybe it's maybe it is just a case of, you know, junior devs doing stuff. But I, I actually I was going to go more in the direction of, you know, Microsoft and the and the GUI approach and the the fact that you can uh, you can short circuit, you know, deep understanding of a of a technology if the GUI is sort of holding your hand through things. Um, what GUI? Well, I mean, if you're dealing with, okay, so we're talking about, I mean, I know we're talking about any framework. We're talking about SQL Server. And so if you're doing things. Yeah. Oftentimes you'll oftentimes, find any framework and SQL Server right. working together. Yeah. Right. And you'll find. But any framework, like EF Core can, EF Core has backers for Postgres, Oracle. Yeah. You know, whatever else you want to do. Yeah. So, uh, so okay. So the, so more broadly, you know, if I'm dealing with energy framework, generally I'm dealing with Microsoft. And so I'm probably going to have a SQL server and you could also potentially throw in things like SSRS and um, uh, SSDS. I can't remember the other acronym. I think that's it. RS and DS. Um, and it just gets you're you are. Um, especially if you're on the, you know, the more newbie side of things, you know, utilizing the, you know, the web interfaces can, can lead you to making things um, messier than they necessarily have to be. Now that's not entity framework. I get that. Okay. But what I'm saying is if, if I'm doing things outside of the code to the database and then that stuff sort of backwashes into the code, you know, okay, well, I'm messing with the database, you know, through SQL server. And then I, you know, I update, uh, you know, my, my, my framework, my, my models to match the changes that I was dinking around with in the background, you know, things can get ugly in a hurry. And again, yes, you can do this in other languages too. And so maybe it's just more broadly a junior yeah, devs I think are you're annoying. kind of arguing. I think you're kind of arguing the other side of your eternal defense of PHP as a good language. Like <laughs> a lot of people saw people a lot. It was a lot of people have seen a lot of, I'm going to say, almost all poorly written PHP. And so people think that PHP is a crap language. Now, academically, PHP is a crap language. That doesn't mean you can't write good PHP. It doesn't mean it hasn't improved over time and still useful for things. But it is a crap language with a shoddy history. And most of what you've ever seen is crap. That's like saying that's like saying Lada is a bad car because you've seen lots of them crash. Well, no, mm -hmm. if you spent any time looking at dash cam videos on YouTube, a lot of them come from Russia. And so you just see a lot of Lada's, a lot of Lada's in that scenario. And so it's not actually that the Lada is a bad car that crashes a lot. It's just an observational bias because you happen to have seen a disproportionate number of Russian dash cam videos that of course include a lot of Russian make <laughs> vehicles. And so now you think that Lada's just crash themselves, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I suppose it's, 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 it's all, it's all observational bias as much because I haven't seen, I haven't seen entity framework do anything dumb. In no, a while. no, now no. there are, there are like, I have seen it do things that didn't quite make sense, but they were within the degrees of freedom that the SQL server query planner was able to do the right thing anyway. Um, like, unnecessarily nesting a select for something that could have been in the in the uppermost query right that, right okay but that's a that's a minor faux pas and the query planner is okay with that 
but I've not seen I've the only dumb things I've seen SQL Server, uh, I beg your pardon, EF do are things that the developers made it do. Made and it I've do seen dumb things. Rails yeah, yeah, do yeah. bad things. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, hibernate do dumb things. It's, I still stand by my argument that PHP is not total shit. It's written very weirdly. No, it is. It, it does good. No, it it's, it, it's, it I, I like it. I, I always I always it enjoyed is. it. It drives everyone. No, it's a crap language functions without a container around it. How do you have these global functions that don't have, you know, a class associated with them? It always drove, always drives everyone nuts. But I, I, I always, I always enjoyed it. I always enjoyed it. I remember crap uh, language. What we can agree, though, I think let's start from a place of common ground. We can both agree that JavaScript sucks more than PHP. Yes. yes. Yeah. Because at least I can. If we start. I can do more in PHP. Yeah. Yeah, and, and more connects right. us than separates us, Frank. <laughs> we are more alike than we are apart. We can rally in our agreement that JavaScript sucks. I, I think the key takeaway from this entire diatribe is that you know, I need to avoid shooting my mouth off half cocked when when I hear something that I'm like, ah, and, and I've, I've got to make sure I come into it fully armed when we have these discussions that are being recorded. So um, <laughs> that are being recorded, you know, for posterity. <laughs> <laughs> endless endless embarrassment and and uh, ensues and derision ensues that's right um so well i i hope you stay i hope you stay away from your i hope you stay away from your from your outage uh yeah so. it's i think i think we we will we will i think i'm i'm fairly so like i had to i had to wire shark on the database in order to get this information if oh, man. you know because i like i okay i see i'm gonna spray the details but I see something wrong and I don't know where to find it in the application because I don't know what the data is. Right. We don't have like our none of our logs would be set up to capture anything like this. And so the only the only thing I can do is Wireshark it, find the really bulky streams and then look at the query at the front of them and then reverse engineer from there. It's it's not I will say it's not fun. Hmm. Yeah, that doesn't. Uh, in a nutshell, that doesn't. That definitely does. Uh, does not. Does not sound fun. So, I mean, is is the? I, I, why are you having to wire shark them? Like, shouldn't that stuff be getting logged somewhere? Like, shouldn't you be? I mean, slow query log, yes, but also, you know, I don't know, some some app monitoring or something picking up this kind of stuff, or some internal monitoring or logging. Well, I feel like you've got a hole there somewhere. Well, we we. Well, yeah, we do. Right. The the fact that the fact that I've got to go into like I've got to go pretty nerdy go and pretty deep to deep. find the answer yeah. here mm-hmm. is like high level. Yeah, that's an indication there's a hole in our observability. Like no, no question about that. Now, next level detail. The application is just, you know, the application is in most cases able to survive the the fallout. Mm hmm. The application is not like I don't have anything instrumented in the application to. uh, What do I want to say here? I don't have anything instrumented in the application that would log. Oh, this query returned a lot of data. Like there are a whole bunch of valid reasons to return a lot of data. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Could I have like, can I hook EF to warn me when a certain number of rows are being like, I don't know how you would like holistically and intelligently how you would approach that from the app side. Now on the database side, we already looked 
and um, SQL Server doesn't like have a slow query log in the way that, say, you find with with MySQL or, or I think Postgres. Right. Um, but we did, you know, I, I did spend some time with with uh, somebody from our database team, like observing uh, the system during, you know, the the time periods where we see we see struggles and there was no excessive locking. There was not a lot of waiting. There were no like super high caught, like nothing. There was nothing obvious. There's nothing obvious at the system standpoint, right? Like I'm not seeing um, disk IOPS or CPU binding or anything like that. The only thing I saw that that tipped me off that that I thought this was the issue um, is that you know in in activity uh, what do they call it um, task manager and then mm-hmm. resource monitor mm-hmm. uh, you get the little network graph. Yeah, you can watch the only the thing that spikes. tipped me off is that I saw the network graph with a with a big spike but scaled to gigabit. And mm. then there was a big spike on the git so I'm like okay this thing is pushing like 6 or 7 or 800 megabits. That's a problem. Like that I have seen right. this before. I know what that is. Um but I can't like how do I what log would I ask? Hey, which query is returned? I don't know how to like, I, I, yeah, I don't know is, how to Yeah, this is this is off the level. top of my head. So what I've so what I've done before is, okay, let me run Wireshark and look for the largest, like run Wireshark just long enough to capture one of these and then go to the middle of the timeline when the, when the mm-hmm. spike is at its mm-hmm. peak, find the stream, reassemble that stream, and then go to the top of it and see which <laughs> query came in before the database started sending all its data back out. Now you got to copy that out of Wireshark and into an editor, and there's like all these new lines yes. and periods everywhere yeah. because of the way it's formatted, and it's and this query like not even fully expanded, meaning that like one thing is on one line right. is like fifteen hundred lines long. Oh, so geez. like I wound up writing, I'm not going to do that manual. I wound up writing uh, regex to like reformat it. Oh and things yes, and, you know it's really Chris pulls out the regex wand again. You know, a resident yeah. regex wizard. You love regex. I, you hate it. I do. But you love I do. It. You hate it, but you love well, it. Well, I hate. I hate it being abused and overused. Like, why use regex when you can do a string merp? Like this, it's mm-hmm. idiotic. Some of the uses. What, I agree. What really burns me is people that don't understand it when they use it. And so, if you have like a like a character class, which is when you have the square brackets, mm-hmm. um, when people just backslash everything, like every sing, everything in the query is backslash <laughs> because they didn't take five minutes to learn the syntax of the language mm-hmm. to understand what you actually need to backslash. So instead, I have to visually parse yeah. this monstrosity <laughs> that's it's like, oh, I, I just want to be safe and be no, understand the tool you're uh-huh. using. And then, you know, where and when you have to there's no being safe, there's and- using it correctly and then making it a pain for me to try to figure out what you did. And it's a pretty short list too. That's the thing. People think they need to backslash a lot of things. It's not a complicated, it's not a complicated syntax. It's not a complicated, you don't need to, you don't need to backslash dashes. Everyone seems to think you have to backslash dashes. You don't need to backslash dashes inside of, not unless inside inside of a rule group. Well, you, you, you never have to, the only time you would ever backslash a dash or a hyphen is inside of a character class, the square brackets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the workaround for that is just to put the hyphen at the beginning or end of mm-hmm. the character class. Right. Um, 
because if you can do like capital A dash capital Z, and that will include all capital A to Z letters. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you put the dash in the beginning or back, then it's it doesn't represent a range separator. And so you often see the dash at the end with a backslash. So we don't need to do that. And then it's like, oh, I have to backslash all special characters. So commas and dollar signs. <laughs> it's like there's a very limited subset of cases where that needs to be done. and. Mm-hmm. And then people write them extra complicated. And I, I get like regex is something that you don't you don't use it a lot. You don't need it a lot. Most people don't have a lot of exposure to it. And the ones that are presented in, in a lot of modern frameworks like are not PCRE, which is like the primo. Like, I mean, yes, literally, that's what Perl invented when that language was created was regex. And yeah, the, like Perl could it never existed before. And- and Reg- never regular expressions after. never existed before Perl, and nobody else knows what they are or how to use them. That's my assertion. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, it's that's a little annoying. So you, so you, but were, like, are, like you were because there are some advanced features. Like you can do back references within a regex. You oh, you can, can do, do very positive or negative yeah. look ahead and look behind, which like. They assert that things are before or, or after, after the pattern you care about, things. but it yep. doesn't actually consume the data. So, right. and you can really get, um, you get pretty fancy with it. Oh, it's, it's really cool. I use, um, when I was, if doing you a- find yourself going down that rabbit hole, stop, yep. go get a cup of coffee and sit back down and figure out whether you actually need regex here. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's kind of, it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like old go-to pointers. If you're, if you if you're using a go to, then chances are something's something's broke somewhere. It's which is same. which is one of the reasons PHP is a crap language because it allows not, those. It allows or does them. it still? I know it uh, used to. I haven't. I have not touched. Despite being a despite being the the lone advocate for PHP, I actually haven't touched. Oh, you PHP haven't any, used it. I haven't oh, used but it I thought it was so t- great. Well, it's not. It's not <laughs> a bad. It is a useful. Okay. <laughs> All right, hold on. Episode title, Frank twists himself into the press. (laughs) Tell me about it. Jeez. Okay, so no, I haven't used it. I've been using a a lot of, as you know, Ruby recently. And then uh, Mm -hmm. most of my work has actually been off of programming in recent years. I've actually been doing more management and training and things like that. So I have not touched code. Um, Now, what I have said in the past is that PHP is a good language because of what it did for web development specifically and development in general. It enabled really what we saw as the the web evolution in the late 90s and early early aughts. I hate the 2000s. It sounds so stupid. So late 90s and early aughts. Well, because there's 2000s is still going on. Yeah, it's also a stupid term. You know, every time I hear it, I think of I think of Conan O'Brien's in the year 2000. I think of that thing. You have no idea Mm, what I'm talking about. I'm dating myself. Jesus Christ. Um, (laughs) So don't take that as an age thing. I'm just uncultured. That's well, that that is also true. I'm old and you're uncultured. Two things can be true at once. I I think in this. Oh, that's right. You recently celebrated your 80th. I didn't get to congratulate you. How does now how many of your teeth are real at this point? (laughs) Such an ass. So PHP (laughs) is single handedly responsible for the proliferation of websites at the at the dawn of of the Web because 
of its ease of use and the way that it was able to uh, integrate naturally uh, HTML t- interpolation uh, with with exactly. facilitated by uh, Apache's HTTP project was exactly. pretty instrumental in it early. was yeah. super duper instrumental. Now you can hate the underpinning language underpinning structure of the language. I happen to like the global functions stuff. I find a lot. I, I find that to be highly useful. And there are days, even today, when I'm working in Ruby, where okay, now I got to call this class so that I can call this one function. And it's just if if it just existed and I could call it, that would be you know, that would be great. So there, there's some, there is some ease of use there. And I know that you can get some, we can get into some really neckbeard territory. I'm trying to avoid that. My point is that P, the HTML interpolation, the fact that you could jump into PHP and then jump out to HTML and back into PHP was instrumental in getting a lot of websites up and off the ground. It made it, uh, and, and the fact that it was open source and the way that it integrated with Apache made it very highly uh, adoptable by lots of people, even if they were relative newcomers. I think a lot of engineers, myself included, cut their teeth in web development on a LAMP stack, Linux, Apache, MySQL, PHP. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think that the the language structures as they were, imperfect as they were, did in fact facilitate that and in fact made things easier. And anyone who disagrees with me, you sure as hell better not be doing anything in JavaScript today because JavaScript is a hot garbage language too. But all I hear about is, oh no, I'll be doing stuff in JavaScript and React and Redux. By the way, React and Redux, also garbage. I hate the way that that stuff is constructed. So, you know, <laughs> you know take, the thor- take the thorn out of your own eye before you go worrying about the one in mine. Um, so, it's actually moat. The old timey language is moat. Moat. Take the moat. Like oh, like the little dust. dust. Yeah. Yes, the speck of dust. Yep. Um, so anyway, that's what I have said about PHP. It's still around. They have evolved the language quite significantly, uh, I'm given to understand. There are now full bl- it has a complement. They have numerous frameworks around it. There are they they've yep. got plug-in structures that complement it. You can do uh, console commands with it now. So, I mean, it is. Come, I love how easy it is way. to trigger you into a whole huge rant just by saying that <laughs> PHP sucks. It's like this I magic get- button that I push. And then like we're doing this show. I say PHP sucks. <laughs> I mute my mic. I can walk away. I can brew a cup of coffee. Right, you know, make I some go to coffee, the bathroom. Make a sandwich. Sure. Yeah. I go out to the Kiss other room. Wife. I say hi to my kids, you know, like, and then <laughs> I come back sweater. and you're still here. Oh, but PHP is actually good. You know, <laughs> no, it's fantastic. It's is like, that, a, it's like, it's one so of the yes, few breaks I get in my day. It gets, it gets a lot of knocks that I, that I feel some of which are deserved, but a, a lot of it is undeserved. And I think a lot of it, a lot of the crap language is just, I mean, a lot of it being a crap language comes from the fact that a lot of developers, when it was at its peak, were new developers. And so you had a lot of newbie, newbie no, mistakes. So, no, no, because I, I'm going to. You can disagree. Hold on. You want the bell? I could give you the bell. No, I, we already played the bell. I, I'm going to pick uh, out of your, I agree with some, I disagree with some, but that one I'm going to pick to fight about because I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody's arguing PHP is crap because the code that people churn out is crap Uh, because there's I don't know who to attribute it to. I'll I'll make sure it's in the show notes, but there's a quote that goes something like 
there never has been and never will be a programming language in which it is the slightest bit easy to write bad code. Like, per- like period, end of story. Yeah, I, and if you've spent any time in the industry, you have seen bad code in any language you have ever used. True. And that's a that's an that's like a that's a an invariant for the discussion. Well, uh, no, I don't think Pete, it is. But go c- continue. Go ahead. Name a language that you have worked in where you have not seen an example of bad code. No, 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 no. That's not the part I disagree with. I, that part I agree with. You can write bad code in any language. That's that's not the right. part that's, that I was going to. That's invariant. True. So I don't think, yes. you know, anybody, anybody that is arguing PHP is bad because I've seen bad PHP, that's specious. We can throw that out. That's not, that's not okay. a very intellectual argument. So then um, logically you are about to suggest of, some other reason why it's bad. So go on. Right. Okay. It, if we say the people that say the language is bad because people write bad code in it, that's what we're throwing out. Okay, that's a specious Th- argument. Because that's fine. That's also because that's nothing to do with the language. That's right. the author. That's the author. Right. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So we agree on that. But mm-hmm. PHP itself, in terms of language design and structure and architecture, is much less cohesive and rigorously thought. Okay. Than a lot of its contemporaries, and and if we're talking about PHP, then let's make the comparators Python and Ruby because they were all invented in the early uh, early mid nineties. Yeah, right? they're 92, all ninety two, ninety four. That time zone. Right? Perl predated yeah, them yeah. by a little bit, uh, but we can even throw Perl in there too. If you know you're a fan of arcane wizard spells in your <laughs> in your editor, um, but if you look at Ruby and if you look at Python, you see a thoughtful, top-down, architected, structured, cohesive approach to the language itself, mm-hmm. you don't see in PHP. Now, it's easy to explain that. You say, because Python and Ruby were invented by people that had a specific vision at a specific time to solve a problem, mm-hmm. and they went about that in a very thoughtful way, whereas Lars was just like, oh, I want to hack something together so I can have a dynamic website. And kind of went from there and it grew organically and Mm -hmm. became this like Rube Goldbergian Frankenstein's monster, (laughs) but wound up being effective for um, a very specific segment of the of the industry, Mm -hmm. which turned out to be a rather large segment (laughs) and still is. Um, But but the language when 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 I think about, you know, what it means to me to say that PHP sucks. Is just that it's the academic, like the the actual design and architecture mm-hmm. of it as a language, as a cohesive, intentional thing, which it doesn't have because it was never a cohesive, intentional thing. Like that's mm-hmm. that's just part of its history. It's part of the progeny um, as a language, and then you compare that to something else. Yeah, it sucks. But your point is, it doesn't matter because you can be effective with it, and and I don't think anybody's arguing that you can't be effective and that you can't write some good code with it. Yeah. The, that organic nature is, I mean, that is the reason why it was successful because it, it was actually, it was, yes, it grew organically, but it was purposely purposefully built for that scenario that he was trying to solve. And it worked well, no, really that's, well and that's for where that we scenario. Depart. That's where we, that's, that's where we depart because no, the language wasn't purpose built. The, Individual feature. No, no, no. Individual features Mm -hmm. were purposefully added to support 
what it was being used for. Right. That's different than the language as a holistic yes. unit, more than the sum of its parts, was specifically built to drive a particular yeah, direction. And I, and I am suggesting that 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 his design intent and approach there, I, I'm saying that that's not necessarily a bad thing. It leads to some weird results, but it also leads to some pretty awesome stuff too. It, this is this is my classic argument. This is my my, my classic argument against uh, w- with neckbeards. This is where I will always disagree with them because you know the the classic developer looks at like you're you're taking the classic developer approach. It wasn't purposefully built. It's got all this really weird stuff that goes on it. You can shove anything inside of arrays, and you know it's uh you know what is going on here and it it doesn't fit the it doesn't fit the the traditional paradigms you know it, it's almost like a hodgepodge of tools and that is you know because of that it's now bad and i disagree it's great for what no no no, ha- no. but again you're you no know, you're <laughs> you're you're making the mistake here i am not arguing that PHP being in existence is bad. I'm saying know, you're the saying- language from a design standpoint mm-hmm. is pretty poor. It was poorly designed and iterated over the, especially early. I'll say it's gotten a lot, a lot cleaner lately, mm-hmm. especially early on. Very poor discipline, poor hygiene uh, in terms of overarching architecture and structure. Now, that is different than saying that I hate it and it's not useful and you're doing something wrong if you're using it as long as you're implementing it well. That's those are different things. I'm not so conflating you're saying, those two things. Okay, so hold on a second. So you're saying Cuz you know as well as I do, like I wrote a lot of You PHP wrote a lot of PHP. I don't know. Right? I, I, I so get let's that. so let's let's you, make you, this tactical with a specific example. Let's make this tactical with a specific example okay, good. Perfect. Um, that at least as of the PHP 5 major version was still true. All right. Uh, arrays. And this okay. is this I is the arrays. battleground for everybody fighting about PHP yes, as this arrays. Is a great battleground because a lot of people like and it is sometimes very useful to have the PHP arrays of the duct tape of the universe. The problem comes in where I may want to differentiate between an array and a list and a map and a hash for computational algorithmic reasons. And I'm unable to do so because the fundamentals weren't there. So now I've got to go and I've got to write classes or dig deeper in the toolkit or do other weird things just to avoid them because they don't have like the PHP array is not. It can do anything. And so it's okay at everything. That means it's not good at anything computationally in terms of processing and memory performance and 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 things like that. Right, right. For anyone so, who's, for, so anyone for example, who like, like if I'm looking at Java or I'm looking at uh, uh, C Sharp or or C++ or Ruby, there is a hash and a dict and a list and an array and a map. And these are all discrete data structures with given characteristics uh, from a performance standpoint, either either compute or memory or storage or all three. And I know what the algorithms are to process them, to sort them, to find an element, to do set intersection, all of these things. Like if I know in my head I need to implement this type of algorithm to solve this type of problem, mm-hmm. then that drives what data structure I use without supplementals. And I know PHP has classes for a bunch of this that came they along do. Yep. later. Um, but like it's 
it actually turns out to be a little bit of a pain to try to implement some of this stuff without using arrays. Um, and then you can't optimize for those. You can't like easily optimize for those certain circumstances. Like I know I have these restrictions and these parameters and these design goals, and I can't optimize for those with arrays because it's just one bag of stuff that maps stuff to other stuff in for anyone its who, own way. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, just who 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 has not had the pleasure or displeasure, I guess, of who you're talking to. Arrays in PHP could be were literally a, a, a mass amalgamation of all of your your hashes and maps and arrays that you would find in other in other languages. You could it was it, it is it could do it's a all map the or things. a dict. If you're you coming from like things. any other language, it's it's a map or hash or dict, depending on what your language uses, that doesn't enforce keys or values to be of the same type. And so you could do literally anything. You could have arrays tucked inside arrays. You could have arrays tucked inside the key of an array. You could put anything anywhere with an array. It made it infinitely flexible. And so as a data structure, it was super duper handy because you could do literally anything. On the downside, like you're saying, you could do literally anything and when so it I came guess to I think optimizing about- for speed, you ha- you worked inside this one structure. You weren't able to make a decision. Okay, I'm going to put it over here and use you know numerical something that has numerical indexing for speed versus something that has string, which is basic allocation yeah, array right. versus it's, it's, list. Right? There yeah. were things that you couldn't, couldn't do without couldn't again do without that. going out to supplemental. You could um, instead you had to right, and so the solution inside PHP was to go to supplementals or move it right. move it somewhere else, do something else with it. <clears throat> When you have a specific think, speed issue, that's yeah, and that's, that's your point. and that's where I think the the argument often goes off topic because then what happened is, and I'm saying you can't do these things. You can. There are some data structures you can use that have these specific characteristics and yada mm-hmm. yada. But where where the argument starts to delve into, well, the language is bad because it's written poorly a lot, is because a lot of the people that were doing it. They just thought, well, you can do everything with the array, so you should do anything with the array, and then didn't ever use any of these other things or didn't mm. know they exist or weren't weren't incentivized to go find True. them. Yeah. And so then they just and so when I'm saying you can't, what I mean is you inherit an application and previous developer just used arrays for just everything. Use arrays and, everywhere. Like, and it yeah. and it can create problems. Um and that's where the you know, that's where the border is between the language design and then the utilization and you know, and, they, they and, interplay on each other. Obviously. And my count and my counter argument would be this. I mean, I have you, you know this, like I want the sharpest tools in the shed. And if I cut myself, that's my fault. It's not the designer's fault. I think that right, PHP right. arrays are a, they're actually a contrary to what I think a lot of people would suggest. PHP arrays are a super duper sharp tool. They're one of the sharpest tools in the whole shed from any language I've ever seen because because of that flexibility. But because it is so damn sharp, you can cut but like yourself how, like, a but million we have, different ways with it. But we have standardized on data structures and algorithms that solve collections as a as yeah. a as a grouping of of problems to be solved. How often are we running into circumstances where you don't know what type your keys are going to, or you don't care like that? Well, no, the, you do the, care. The, the, no, you, you even in PHP, you do care and you do your code will have an expectation. Like if I if I build an array. Right. So now it's I got have to say I'm going to make this array and it's going to be keyed by integer and values or strings, let's say. Now mm-hmm. I got to build like I got to build invariant checks into my methods to make sure that what you're putting in. Is, 
instead of just saying, hey, this is a dictionary from int to string and let the language hit. like that's where it's like how well, I, I, I don't want to do all that extra work myself. But yeah, but you I don't, want the language. I want the runtime to do sure, it. Sure. And, and I'm not suggesting that or the you compiler. Wouldn't. Well, right. But what I'm what I'm suggesting is that, you know, you're building the array to do a thing. Um, I, I'm not necessarily, you know, depending on the depending on the scope and complexity of the structure, I'm not necessarily putting any of those checks in place. I build my array. I do my thing. I use the array, you know, to do the thing. And then I'm, and then I'm done. Whatever that array happens to look like at the start and at the end, it's, it's irrelevant. I used it. I, it was a tool. I picked it up. I did my thing. I put the tool down. I'm not yeah. necessarily checking. So it's, so I pick up this knife. I'm cutting the food. As I'm cutting the food, I don't stop in the middle of cutting the food and go, is this a knife? Yes, it's a knife. And continue cutting the food. I pick it up. I do my thing. I put it down. I'm not necessarily doing those kinds of checks as part well, of my process. Well, but again, if I, well, so, no, but you should be, right? What, so that's a smell I? for me because it, like if I'm, no, if I, if I have an array and we're talking PHP array and yes, if we're you're talking not PHP, PHP it can't be overemphasized that it's not actually an array in any other language. It doesn't know it's, it's a map or a hash or a dict. Yeah. where the keys and values can be any type. I can't right. express that enough for anybody <laughs> that doesn't know. PHP the, is insane. Don't don't believe it's lies. <laughs> don't you see you see that purple land over there? Don't go there, Simba. Like that's the <laughs> the the is it logo still purple? I think so. I don't know. I haven't is touched it. Okay. They're up to PHP 7. Yeah, it's got to be at least because I think I'm, they last I used it was like early 5 and then I know they skipped 6. Anyway, point is, uh, the analogy for me with, from a design standpoint, again, is your language and the associated built-in standard libraries, right, are, it is a tool set. And I think about, like, I think about woodworking because I'm a woodworker. So uh, a lot of languages, and we'll just take uh, C Sharp as an example, but you could say Ruby or Python or Java, that's fine. Um it's laid out like a wood shop. The chisels are away in a cabinet. The tools, you know, standing uh, power tools have their dedicated stations and dust collection. Your saws are lined up over here. Everything's in its place. And if you need a tool, you go over, you get that tool, you use it. PHP, from a language design standpoint, is like a pickup truck with a bunch of tools in the back. <laughs> you, can, you can drive to a job site like screech in and leave tire marks in the front yard, see that a job needs to be done, rummage around, you cut your hand and fingers all to ribbons in the process, rummaging around in all these loose tools, grab something, go get the job done, throw it in the back of your truck. You just dented the blade, by the way, hop in and peel out again. And you can get anything done anywhere it needs to be done. That is that yeah. is valid, no, that's right? But but I think a lot of people that really like and appreciate the craft and the the design of languages really would rather prefer the nice clean workshop. Okay. Approach. Okay. This is a great analogy. This is a great analogy. I'm going to tell you why, because yes, you're absolutely right. The thing is though, the truck is there on site at the problem. And so you, you know, as opposed to, you know, the workshop. So like it showed up, it did its thing and got out. Like it was, yeah, it was yeah, quick and, and dirty, it doesn't but scale. it worked. But and it, it doesn't okay, scale. So if point, I have to furnish, yeah. so if I have to furnish like a large building, no, I call in five right. craftsmen. They each yes. take things back to their shop. Right. Is it, I, I can't agree. have 
10 of these. And by the way, in my mind, the pickup truck, it's like a pickup. It's like it's a like larger a Ram up. from the 90s. Yeah, There's like rust, rust all over yeah, it. There's no hubcaps. Yeah, okay. Like like yeah, 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 oh, yeah, no, I totally. <laughs> Two tone. Pa- the door is a different color than well, the rest of the body. Primer is, patches everywhere. <laughs> one door is the PHP purple. You know, the other one is like, you know, a, a rusted ruby red of some kind. <laughs> okay. No, no, we, no, had the same, we had the same thought process. This is, no, that is 100% agreed because right tool for the job for a quick and dirty website quick and dirty php is great even for even modestly sized sites i did ecom with php and zencart you can even you can still get away with quick and dirty it reaches a yeah. threshold point where it becomes untenable it if starts to be dealing, more of a pain than it's if worth you're, and yeah. so the, so so i like your array example because if you're dealing with a performance issue and the array structure is a problem, you probably shouldn't be using PHP anymore. You should be looking to well, move but that, that out. Probably. And that's what happens, though, because in the middle 90s, all the websites were quick and dirty. I just want to add right. some functionality exactly. and walk away. Yeah. They weren't processing the amount of data where you had to be concerned about mm-hmm. performance. Security, information security was certainly not the topic then that it is now vis-a-vis websites, dynamic, interactive websites. And so that wasn't a problem, right? All of these things were... And then what happened, you reach a critical threshold where now like most, I'm not going to say most because I don't have data to back that up, but I will say a lot of software development is done either like on or directly supporting for the web. Mm -hmm. And so then you start to think, okay, well now I'm used, you know, if I have this, this thing, this, this old pickup full of stuff in the back that. I can get a job done quick and dirty. Well, quick and dirty is not what you want when building right. modern like enterprise class environments. And so that's where I think, you know, if you just want to throw together a cat blog, I would still argue there are better alternatives from an, from a um, developer economic standpoint. But yeah, mm-hmm. like you can you can roll up with the pickup and, and get it done and leave. And that's, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, I'm, I'm, I'm wonder if PHP has, uh, if, uh, Facebook is still using PHP. I know they've done a ton. They are of, at least in parts. They're at least in parts. Um, I know that, yeah. you know, they were. It's like um, five, five years ago, maybe 10 years ago. Well, maybe it was longer that I don't remember. All right. Just forget I said anything about timeline at some point in the past. Um, they had designed a compiler so they would transpile, I think PHP to C and then compile the C. Um, and then I think at one point they had a they built their own virtual machine mm-hmm. that could that had a JIT built in. And like oh, I don't done know kinds whether of stuff. I, I don't I imagine there's still a bunch of it in the legacy environment, but I, I like I don't know. I don't follow Facebook engineering, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't they know if they still have own, a bunch of it or some of it or Yeah, they basically came up with their own sub version of PHP or some 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 derivation of it uh, i think it's, yeah it was specifically and i think hip-hop was specifically designed xhp no it was hpp it was hip-hop the hip-hop vm is what they put out mm-hmm. and they had a language variant that would allow type hinting um mm-hmm. which kind of supports the argument i made before like yeah. they had to add yep. type hinting because it was something they needed at scale yeah um, and also for optimization right you can't transpile you don't know what the types are you're not transpiling into a static uh language like if you don't know yeah you have to have those those restraints um yeah but they were doing a lot of cool stuff though yeah. at one point it's so 
you're right. You reach a certain point and then you've got to have something in place. And by the time that happened, all these other languages were doing the same things that Facebook was doing and they were doing it with the rigidity that was required. And so the, you know, things naturally shifted. PHP has since caught up on the areas where it was dirtiest, you know, proper, um, uh, proper classes, for example, that was, you know, one of the big knocks. They were going, they don't even have classes. This isn't a real language. Um, which I find ridiculous since uh, C didn't have classes either originally. So I don't know where anyone gets off knocking Well, C out. never did. C had structs, never had classes. Yeah. Still doesn't. C++ was basically C with classes hmm. and then like templates and streams and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, I never liked what, working with... Did you ever do any C++? I never I really never liked did. the stream mechanics. I never did any... I never did any deep C++ and I never worked with yeah. streams. But anyway... Um, and so they, and they have since, you know, they since caught up, but they have continued to hang on to this stigma. And the reason that I think that they have held on to the stigma is because the, at the time, this goes back to sort of where we started at the time, the vast majority of the web was written in PHP. It was a lot of newbie stuff because it was new to everybody. The language was cut, was purpose built to solve that immediate problem. And it led well, to- Well, hang on. I'm going to your argument there, not to cut you off, but- to the extent that WordPress exists and and Facebook is still using it at yeah. all, yeah. there's an argument to be made that most of the web is still PHP. <laughs> it's very true. It's very, very true. Just like most of the web is open source generally and most of the network infrastructure is open source. Most people don't even think about that. Oh, Microsoft most of Microsoft's and, data center no. is open, right. yeah, open exactly. source. It's exactly right. Most people don't even realize how much Microsoft is open source. They'll never tell you, but... Uh, outside of like little tidbits, but yeah, they, they do a ton of their own. They use open source too. Um, so anyway, that's, I, 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 PHP just gets a bad rap. It was messy before it's better now, but it was useful then. And it's useful now. That's kind of my point. And I still like global functions. I think they're super duper handy. Like you, I said, you're, sharp, you're, you're, sharp tools. you're, you're glomming onto this global fun. You can do a global function in other languages. No, I know you can, but most languages don't like it and, uh, you know, push you in other directions, not to use it. Um, whereas in PHP, like, you know, the, you know, the string modifying methods are just available anywhere all the time. You don't have to include yeah, anything. You yeah. just, you just use the function. It's just always there. And well, but the, there's a, there's a common complaint that I, I happen to agree with is parameter ordering is it haystack needle or needle haystack like that's just a basic example of yeah. the lack of design discipline yes. that one 100 percent agreed you know? that always drove me nuts i had but to you go, have to have you, you have, have to the have docs. the man open you, you have to have yeah. the manual open you have to see okay which one is first is it the haystack or the yes no i yeah. totally agree on that that's a crap thing that they have as, a, as tried a, to clean and up. i look at it so you look at it as like yeah i agree that's a problem I look at it as a microcosm of the whole thing. <laughs> but back to, yeah. so circling back to the original argument here, though, JavaScript really sucks. <laughs> I think we can uh, all conclude that really. That is actually my. Yeah, the answer here is that JavaScript sucks. That's that's really what we're trying to say. <laughs> it does. Uh, and that's my segue to the Journal of Applied Psychology. Uh, there was an oh. article uh, to go back to what we were talking about last week a little bit. Yes. Um, there was an article put out. I think it was uh, primarily done, uh, run by the University of Georgia. Um, and it's talking about the, the full title is the fatiguing effects of camera use in virtual meetings, colon, a within person field experiment by a dozen people from University of Georgia, University of Arizona, uh, 
Broadpath Incorporated out of Arizona, University of Arkansas, and Texas A&M. Yeah, blah, anyway, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so I'm not going to, it's it's a long, it's a long paper. I'm not going to read it, but there are a couple of like, oh, God, excerpts don't. that I wanted to read. You're already boring uh, me. I am already boring. No, I know. Um, but I saw this, I saw this, uh, what, two weeks ago and it piqued my interest because, and I think we talked about it lightly last week. I'm, mm-hmm. I've always been a proponent of the, you know, if we're in a meeting, it's, it's camera on, like, that's kind of how I roll. My team knows it. Everybody does it. And I think generally, um, once you get over the, the initial hump, people don't mind. However, uh, this study shows otherwise, um, and specifically shows that in their uh in 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 their field study um they show that both um so so they they go through the process they demonstrate that um camera on like if you have your camera on during a meeting uh they attempt to show that you become fatigued at a greater rate than you would with your camera off and that that fatigue results in a detrimental impact to your engagement and your voice in that meeting both both that day and the following day that's sort of their their broad argument mm, okay. um and they so they 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 noted that people are actually uh in in their study I'm not going to quote that cuz I don't know where that comes from um so so that's what they did. They wanted to measure fatigue and then its impact on on engagement and voice. And essentially, they found statistically relevant evidence. Now, they had I think they had a sample of about a thousand people over a six week period, something like that. Um, I'm not finding the not finding the data here, but um, I like I like the I like having something empirical like this, even though it's it's just one study and I don't think it's been replicated yet. Um so they 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 wanted they had a few hypotheses they wanted to show that using the camera would would positively relate to fatigue and that that hypothesis was su- supported um they wanted to show that there were negative indirect effects of camera use on voice and engagement via fatigue respectively and and the data did show that um they did go out of their way to caution against like misinterpreting the results of the study um so like they didn't look at the possible benefits of camera use on mm-hmm. um that they were just looking at the negative effects. Um, but what they showed uh, is is that within their study, yes, it's fatiguing. Yes, that does impact engagement in voice both day of and next day. And what they showed is that these effects disproportionately impact both um, women and uh, those who are newer at a company, that is those with less tenure at an organization. All of this boils down to psychological processing time um because the argument is that uh and you know i don't i I will stay apolitical here but but their their argument is that um women tend to feel like they need to spend more time on their appearance and reputation management right the psychological Mm -hmm. reputation management process yeah. yeah because they don't naturally have the same level of assumed respect and authority that a, that an equivalent man would. Mm-hmm. And they furthermore go to state that somebody who's new to the company is more psychologically concerned with reputation management and reputation building because they don't have a track record. Somebody that's been with the company for eight years, they come into a meeting 
it kind of doesn't matter what they look like or sound like because they have a track record. Everybody knows them and they have their realm of authority and that's what it is. But some new guy you don't know from Adam or or new lady you don't know from Eve comes in and they're spending psychological cycles to try to prove themselves. Mm-hmm. And when you have the camera on, the researchers argue, um, and they show again within their limited field experiment uh, with the camera on, it causes you to devote higher than normal amounts of, again, this like reputational management, like self-regulatory psychological processing. Um, And then that wears people out. And that's that's kind of the argument here. So, okay. So they found just to be clear. It was a very interesting read and I'll I'll link to it in the show notes. So they, they, just to be clear here, they found evidence that uh, women and new employees they demonstrated more fatigue. Those particular groups in their study demonstrated disproportionately, more. and then yeah. they are based on that conclusion. They are, they have a supposition about why that is occurring. They they don't have proof of it, but that's what they're suggesting the cause is. Which makes sense. Don't get me wrong. I just want to make sure I understand what the what the what the study is suggesting. So it's like we found this we found this correlation, but we didn't find a causation. We, we think we know so, the causation. We have a hypothesis of a cause, but we didn't. That's not what was tested. They're showing statistical correlation with a pretty decent power. They're, one of their hypotheses, uh, hypothesis four, actually, uh, quote, the positive within-person relationship between using a camera during virtual meetings versus not using a camera and fatigue for employees is moderated by gender such that the relationship is stronger for women than for men, unquote. So translation, mm-hmm. there is a greater relationship between camera use and, and fatigue on women than men. Um, and then same thing, I think it was hypothesis three, maybe um, same thing for no, I, I beg your pardon. Hypothesis five, same thing for uh, employees having this relationship moderated by organizational tenure. Um, so the longer you've been there, the less the impact. Um, and that was sort of their argument. So. Right. And so it's, that, that's it's what a really they found good, and that's what they think the cause is, which I mean, again, it makes sense. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. They they came in. Now it was it was one company they did this with. They ran it in like six or eight weeks with like a thousand people. Um they had it's decent not a small, engagement. I was gonna say it's not a small um, sample. I mean no, it's, a, it's not a small it's not tiny. sample, but it's not tiny. You can certainly derive some tiny. conclusions from it. Yeah. Um it's and interesting. so and there were a couple of caveats, like they said, you know, um, you know, we caution. So, uh, quote, thus, our results should be interpreted with caution as we cannot conclude that using the camera itself has an unfavorable direct effect on either voice or engagement. Rather, it largely affects within person fatigue, unquote. So they were measuring the indirect effect of camera use to voice and engagement via the fatigue mechanism mm-hmm. with this hypothesis that it's about the you know, psychological cycle spent on. Uh, reputation management and and uh, how they, self-appearance. How did they so measure the fatigue exactly? I, I don't know if you covered that. How did they actually measure the so, fatigue? Yeah, the 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 actual setup of the experiment, what they did, uh, they had, uh, they split the cohort into cohorts where um, folks would be either uh, asked to use their, they couldn't force this, um, but the folks were asked to use their camera or asked not to use it throughout this uh, throughout right. the study. Yeah, so you had your control group um, and you had your yeah. and then at the end of I think at the end of the day they answered a short two or four question survey about how they were feeling. Okay. So that it was, was based that on. was kind of the yep. Got it. So okay, self-reporting. So so, so they even and I think at one point I remember them even cautioning like, "Hey, 
we we could have, but we didn't ask other people close to that uh, individual what they thought of their voice and engagement. Um, it's just the the within person, meaning, within person, meaning the, the individual, you know, the actual sub. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so. An interesting study. It's a little dry, to be honest with you. Um, As most but, studies uh, are. I will link it. And if you like, if you're in management, you, you know, with a remote team, and particularly if you have any strong emotions one way or the other on the camera thing, um, is worth a read. As cause, like, I don't think so. One of the other things they didn't do here is they didn't go into any of the other negative benefits of the camera use. They also didn't go into any of the positive benefits of camera use. So this mm-hmm. is. You know, they again, focused in like on the problem, really which narrowly exactly, focused, which is what a, um, a good study should do. You get too broad yeah, on, and you on start one making, specific, mm-hmm. yeah, one specific thing they were testing for. So you can't just use this and say, hey, look, we can't use cameras anymore. Like that's yeah, not what right. this is designed to no, do. No, I mean, some um, Yahoo somewhere will probably make that kind of a case, but that's not oh, sure. That's not the, I mean, that's, oh, sure. you know, 89% of Headline. statistics can be made to show just about anything, Chris. Didn't you know that? Yeah. And are invented on the spot. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, 50%, yeah. 50% are invented on the spot. You know, the other, the okay. other 50%, you know, come out of a lab, maybe. Well, and it, Abraham Lincoln did say you can't trust anything on the internet. So that's true. <laughs> yes, he did. So, yes, I he, don't know. It did, yes, it, it did, did though. It did cause me to reevaluate, like maybe we will do like a camera break day or something from time. Maybe I'll incorporate that in. I don't know. I haven't asked my team yet. I haven't talked to the team. Um, yeah. But it's I, it's I worth yeah I I think worth thinking about it's definitely worth thinking about I'm glad you I'm glad you followed up on it it's um I would want to see stuff about the positive effects because I see and I think you do too a lot of positive effects of having it on one of the things that I've actually started doing as um uh with with new employees I talk about them putting their camera on as much as possible. And I say, especially if no one else has the camera on, if you're the one person on the call with your camera on, you stand out like that's yeah. you, you, you earn subconscious bonus points. You're recognizable. You're more memorable. These are all good yeah. things from and a, be, from for a the professional love of God, perspective if you do that. Be engaged. Be obviously mm-hmm. engaged. Don't yeah. be doing other work off to the side because that's going to have the opposite effect. Yeah, don't effect. just sit there with your, you know, your tongue you lolling out. nose picker. <laughs> yeah, we'll go out on that. We'll go out on stupid nose picker. <laughs> All right. Well, if you enjoy hearing about stupid nose pickers and ridiculous arguments about PHP, which obviously no one is using anymore or everyone's using. I'm, you know, depends on, who you, on who you talk to. Depends on who you talk to. 50% of people agree. That's right. And George Washington, because he was a PHP <laughs> developer, didn't you know? He was. <laughs> Prolific. He also, yeah. Well, if you want to hear uh, more of this kind of nonsense, you can get uh, all of our back shows and show notes over at refactor.work. We'd love to hear feedback from you. You can send us an email, feedback at refactor.work. Feel free to attach an audio clip if you'd like. We'd love to play it on the show. If you want to hear more from Chris, you can check his writings out at chris.tonkinson.com. If you want to hear more from me, it's over at hotcoles, K-O-E-H-L-S dot com. Uh, This has been episode 39 on September 14th, 2021. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Frank.